0: You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message.
1: All right, let's get our Bibles out. Are you with me today? Yeah. I'm sorry, are you with me today? Yeah. All right, good, good. Let's do this. I want you to turn your Bibles or get your Bibles out and go to. We're going to be all over the place. We've got some. I'm just letting you know we've got some work to do today, all right? So I want you to go to uh, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 12 and 13. We're going to start there. We're not going to stay there, but we're going to start there, okay? All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you for uh, just freedom in this place. I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm surrounded by people that just actually have joy. I am thankful for that. But Father, today, as we get into your word, we know that it is alive. We know that it is active. We know that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that it's able to divide us to our very core. In fact, it's able to take things that we have set up as truths in our lives, things that we have just lived by. That's just who we are. And all of a sudden, the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God gets in there and begins to mess with that and say, wait a second, that's a pattern of death, and I have something of life for you. So, Father, my prayer for us today is that our ears are open and our hearts are receptive and that our knees are weak, so that when you begin to deal with us and you begin to convict us that we do not push back, but that we bend our knee very quickly and repentance comes and we act accordingly. Father, we're thankful that this word, by design, is maturing us up. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen, amen, amen. amen. So what I want to talk about simply today is just this, I want to talk about, kind of I guess in a way, I want to talk about salvation. And I know most of you that have been in church for a while, if I got into that subject and the second I began to talk or say, even say that word, there was almost a tuning out, there was almost like, got it, I can begin to think about my fantasy football draft, I can think about what I've got to do for the rest of the day because I've got that one on lockdown. But I want to talk a little bit deeper about not just salvation, not just a moment, but I'm ta- I want to talk about the importance of understanding and the importance of not just a moment in time, but breaking salvation into a past experience, a present happening, and a future thing to come. And understanding why that is so fundamentally important for us to know because if we don't we're going to miss number 1 we are going to miss being able to grow and we are going to miss being able to give anything yeah. and you'll see what I'm talking about so what we're going to do first is simply this come on we're going to put our like it's just like bible school we're going to put our thinking caps on we're going to lay some biblical foundation first is that all right yeah. huh yeah. cuz you don't want my opinion right yeah. i mean i mean you've met me you don't want my opinion right? So let's just, I mean, I just had somebody rap, in t- right? I get, and, and, so you don't want my opinion. So let's just stay in the safety and the confines of the, uh, of the parameters of the Word of God and see what it says, and then we'll kind of dig out some truths from there. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So let's lay this out. So salvation, let's just start here. Salvation is something that is past... For those that have received, it is something that is present for, for those that are walking in the Lordship of Christ, and it is also future, meaning we are going to be saved, and what will we be saved from? Anybody know? Not just ourselves, but what's the end of all of us? Huh? I know, that's a real positive thing to talk about, right? How to Grow a Church by Pastor Chris Taylor. Talk about death a lot, Right? But it is the end of all of us. And so there is salvation going from death unto life, right? And then there is our walking out of salvation, and we're going to use these words, walking out the sanctification process, right? That is going even in my dailies because I didn't receive and gain everything. I gained something, but then there's an ongoing process. That's me walking it out. And then the end of that, I am going to receive salvation, meaning I'm going to be saved from that which is death. Like it has, death has lost its power over me, And because of that, it then changes me going backwards. Because it has no power over me in the end, it changes how I live in the beginning and what I share about about my beginning. Does that make sense? All right, so let's look at the word and just dig this out. Because I need to lay this foundation first because there is a major piece of this that if we do not have, I promise you, I don't care how long you spend in church I don't care how many, time, what, how many tape series you listen to, how many revival services you go to. You will not grow, and you will not have anything to give. Yeah, that's a bold statement, and I just said it. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse, where did I tell you to go? Huh? That's right. It says, therefore, we're just going to lay this out, and we can kind of dig through this passage by passage. And I won't hang on these too long. But I just want to make sure that we understand this that even even in the writings of the New Testament, we're seeing this picture of this full experience of salvation. It says this in verse 12 Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, obeyed, that is what? In a tense form, what is that? Huh? Come on, say it out loud. It's past, right? So this is past. I have obeyed. He is writing to the church. He is writing to a church, and he's writing to believers, and he is saying, not that you've just morally obeyed. He is talking about the obeying or walking in obedience of I have have given my life to Christ. So this is past. Not only in my presence, but how much more this is going on, but how much more in my absence. Continue to work out what? your salvation with fear and trembling. That is what? So if we had the past, that is now the present. present. That's me working out my salvation in the present. And that's going to be the one that we're going to hang on here for just a second. Or when we get there, this, that's the one we're going to deal with, with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you I'm sorry, for works in you, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. That's future tension, meaning there is a future reason for my past experience of salvation and also my current present walking out salvation, meaning there is a goal in mind. My goal, I have not received everything. This world in my present is not my reward. Even in my salvation, follow me on this, even when I have been obedient unto Christ and received my righteousness in my form, there is still yet a reward to come. Are you following me on this? Like that's good news. Like I'm giving you the good news of the gospel here, okay? And so the Bible lays this out. And so let's let's, let's just not land on one verse. Let's kind of dig a couple of things out there, all right? So go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 10. Because I just want to show you this. Listen, I, 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 there's always safety. If you've not learned anything from me, the Word teaches the Word. The Word never teaches anything outside what the Word has not already taught. Did you hear what I just said? So there is safety in seeing the foundation that the Word lays out. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 says this. For it is by grace you have been saved. Again, past tense. Through what? How do you receive that initial past experience or that past form, past tense of salvation? How did you receive that? I'm sorry, by what? Faith. By faith, right? And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that nobody can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So we have been saved in the past for a purpose of a present working out of salvation. Are you following me on this so far? Have I lost anybody yet? Huh? Because I'll start over. We'll go all the way back to the wrap. If I have to go all the way back to the wrap, we'll start from there. No? Okay, good. <laughs> Ryan's like, no, no, no. Nope, nope, no, we're not doing that. All right? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. I told you we're going to jump around. I don't want to hear any moaning or complaining. Come on. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being, being saved, it is the power of God. Meaning that the cross was not follow me on this, and the obedience to Christ and what he did on the cross was not a one-time thing, meaning it wasn't just a one-time to get you from righteousness or from unrighteousness to righteousness. There is power for those being saved. Let's just lay that out real quick. How many of you still are in the process of being saved? I know some of you are like, wait a second, I don't know if I should raise my hand on that one. It's a trick question. He's gonna, he's gonna call me out. Wait a second. I walked an aisle back in 1942. I have the card and I, I have the button. No. How many? Let me explain this more and make this make this a little bit clearer. How many are you? Are, are God is still working out of you that which is death and replacing it with that which is life? Can you raise your hand? No no no. Raise your hands. Come on. We're a church. We raise hands because it's just fun to do. So that is, you are being saved. I'm not teaching a weird doctrine here of that you are constantly waking up to be saved. I've got to work to be saved. I've got to, if I don't work that out of me, then I'm not saved. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible said that you received And we can get it into Romans, and I won't go into that. But in Romans, it talks about that we were justified through faith, meaning there was a time when I believed on Christ, and I received that which I could not do and gained something I could not earn. So that's past, right? Now, I am now being saved because I still live a life in the flesh, right? with old mind ways, with old thought process, with old concerns, with old things that are so easily entangle me, right? Because most of us didn't get saved out of the womb, right? We had a life prior to Christ. There were things that were ingrained in us. And and again, I'm not even saying like a victim. Oh, we No, most of those things I ingrained in me, I was like, I like that, I like that. And I just stitched those things right into my life because I liked them right? I liked him so much, I chased him down with vigor and power. I did. So I am being saved from my current status. I don't need to. Heaven doesn't view me as one that needs to be saved. Heaven views me as one that has the righteousness of Christ. But in my present walking out, I am being saved from past mindsets. I am being saved from that which grabs onto me—the sin that so easily entangles. Are you tracking me on this? And that's what it's talking about here: that the power of the cross is foolishness to those who do not believe, but it is power. It is the thing that saves us for those that are walking and being saved right now. Are you tracking me on this? Okay, I'm listening. I'm just—none of this should be like, like—I mean, maybe it is, and that's fine. But most of this is like felt board stuff. Like, we should know this. And the reason I'm sharing this is this. Listen to me. Why are we taking time on this? Why do we take any time on this stuff on Sunday morning? Because my job as your pastor is to teach you and not for you to go, wow, he's amazing. He is so smart. I mean, you could do that every once in a while. Like, seriously. All right? All right. But you could this is not for me to just wow you and you to be amazed and, "Oh, I'm so blown. My job is to teach you why, so that your life can be gone from, from death into life, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the word, and then for you to be able to do what? I'm sorry. Walk it out and do what? Teach others. And so if we can't explain our own self, we sit there and we sit in church all the time. We go, yeah, I'm saved. But if we can't explain that to somebody, man, we're in trouble. So that's what we're walking out here. Okay, we've got one more. That's a lie. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 says this. And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because, of our, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. Again, so the Bible, I'm, what I'm trying to do here is so that you don't know, understand. I'm not teaching a strained doctrine. We're not taking one verse and, and just talking about four words before a comma or three words after the comma. The Bible is teaching that there is a past or there is a first salvation, meaning that when I receive then there is a present salvation of what I'm working out, and then there is a future hope of salvation of what we're going to see with, with resurrection. Are you tracking me on that? So that's, the Bible lays it out. The Bible teaches the Bible. Now, here's where, we, here's where we're going with this today. And you're saying, well, that, that's got to be the message. Nope. That was just foundation. Where we're going with this today is simply this, because we have to address something here in the church. One of our failings... No, 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 let's start with our strengths. One of our strengths in the church is to be very good or be very receptive of receiving beginning salvation and the future hope of salvation, right? No, do you hear what I just said? Like, we're okay with that. Like, we're good with that, right? Because that's, those are all like really good things. Like right, like I come to church and somebody stands before me and gives me the gospel of, of Jesus and the good news of the gospel and says, wait a second, I can be taken from unrighteous to righteous? Wait a second, I can be taken from a, a position of, uh, of separation from God to a position of being brought with God? Man, I would love to receive that. You mean that Jesus says I just have to believe? Yeah, that's what you have to do. Believe that. man. We, man, we eat that up. Because that's easy to receive, right? And we could sit in church and just, man, we're good with that. Oh, I could sit here and just pray and preach and thank God. God, thank you for saving me, a broken man, a guy that was arrogant and insecure and, and wicked and your enemy while yet you still love me. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you that you made a way and you made it so I didn't even have to work for it. You just gave it to me freely. I had just to, to, to believe, man, we're good at that because that's easy. I mean, really. I mean, and you sit there and say, well, that's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. He said it's easy. (laughs) Like, he made it easy. In fact, he, he showed up on earth to make it easy, right? Like, he literally came and said, this whole religious system, you ain't ever going to get what I've come to do for you. All you have to do is believe. And so we receive that with an ease. We also, on the flip side of that, we're also very good of singing songs about the sweet by and by. One day, right, I'm going to be called up yonder. I don't even know where yonder is, but apparently I'm going to get called up somewhere, Right? Like, we, we love those songs, right? We love talking about what's to come and there's a heaven and, and I'm going to have, you know, a mansion and I'm going to have, there's going to be gold floors and, that don't need to be mopped or vacuumed, which I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like God's going to put carpet in my mansion just so that I can vacuum every once in a while. I'm just saying, listen, you think about heaven the way you want to, I'll think about it how I want to, okay? You're the ones that came here to show up. I was already going to be here. That's all I'm saying. All right. But we love talking about the sweet by and by. We love talking, even when we lose somebody, even when we lose somebody in the faith, even when we lose, man, what do people do when somebody that, that, that has been saved, I mean, we, we even go to their funeral, man, we stand before people and we worship as those that, that we don't worship like those that don't have hope. We stand in front of people and declare, we worship like we have hope. We're not standing here, we might be sad in our tears, but we know that there's a reward and they've received it right? Don't we? I mean, come on, that's what we do, and we're good at that. Man, we're good at that. We champion that. We champion receiving, and we champion the future. Where we struggle, where we struggle as a church and as believers is once we've received, once we've believed on him, once we've initiated that first, whether it's walking an aisle or sitting in your car, you know you can get saved in your car, right? Yeah. You know you can get saved in a hotel room. You know you can get saved at a ball game. You know you can get saved out fishing. You can definitely get saved out fishing. Yeah. Jesus is there. I prom- no, I promise you that. He is there, right? You can get saved. So it doesn't matter where you got saved. It doesn't matter where you believed, Right? How many of you, just by raising of your hand, how many of you believed on Christ and it wasn't in a building in a, or in a church building? No, no, raise your hand. Look at that. He really is omnipresent. Wow. That's amazing. Right? No, but what I'm saying is, is, is so we receive those things. We, we've all received that and we enjoy that and we also project out our hope in the future, but where we struggle and where our struggle comes in is that present day walking out salvation or that present day being saved. And why do we struggle with that? Why do we struggle with that? Because it's very easy it's very easy that if I am standing, like, like it's very, very easy that if I'm standing over here, right, and Ryan, let, let's just say I'm on fire, right? We don't just, I'm, I'm on fire, and Ryan's got a bucket of water. It's very easy for me to receive that bucket of water, right? In fact, I would really like that bucket of water. In fact, I would ask you to put the bucket of water on me, right? So Ryan would put that. It's easy for me to receive that. But it's amazing. Once we have been technically put out, right? Once we have been technically brought from a position of death unto life, and now all of a sudden he begins to talk to us about walking out our salvation on a daily basis to continue to walk it out with fear and trembling. Why do we struggle with it? Because we're, it's, it's like we're like, well, I nailed that down and I know where I'm going. And it's like we all of a sudden, it's like in the middle there, we just go, okay, I got it from here. Like I'm glad you were there in the beginning and I'm certainly glad you're going to be there in the end. But I'll take it here in the middle right? And so where we miss it is not talking about the good news here or talking about our hope to come or even believing in those things. Where we struggle is in the, begin, in the middle. We struggle in the middle. And so let, let's look at this just real quick. Are you still with me today? Huh? Because there's a reason why we're talking about this. This isn't just like a history lesson. This isn't just like a biblical uh, theological lesson on what salvation is. There's a reason why we're talking about this. There's a reason why we're addressing the understanding of having to own the fact that we are being saved, present tense. We have to own that because if we do not own that, you cannot grow and you have nothing to give. And and let me just explain that. Uh, Go to Philippians chapter 3. Can you put this up on the screen? Is that possible? Like, do you have the scripture up there? Go to Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse like 7, 7 through 12. Can you do that? Do we have the technology to do that? Hmm. No, I just want everybody to see this. Everybody got to go? Go to your Bible. You got your Bibles out? Right? Go Go to Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. We'll just start there. Because I don't have that written down. Do you have? Who has it? Who has it written with their Bibles open? Come on, raise your hand. Raise. Gail, do you have it? Can you read it for me? Read it real loud. Yeah. Start in verse seven. Hold on for a second. It's okay. I just want to see it.
0: But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have come to consider as loss for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, surpassing worth, supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake I have lost everything Mm. and consider it to be more uh, mere rubbish in order that I may win Christ the anointed one and that I may actually be found and known in him having not having any righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the laws demands um, but possessing genuine righteousness, which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God having by saving faith. I'm having a hard time seeing this, I'm sorry. Right. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly and that I may become in that same way come to know the power overflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness even to his death in the hope.
1: That's good. That's good, Gil. So I want you to hear this. So, We receive, and we're good at receiving the beginning. We're good at receiving the end. Where our struggle lies, and why a believer can sit in church for 30 years and never grow past a place where they are, or that they seemingly don't have a, a word to give or something to offer those around them, and when they try to do it, it falls like a lead balloon, is because just as I was standing here in the beginning, and I was on fire, and everything in my life was broken down, and I received Christ, after that, what happens is we no longer, we are, it's almost like, okay, I've been taken care of from the beginning, but now I, I, I look at what I have, and I stop seeing it in the light of being broken. Does that make sense? So what the Bible is going to say there is this. He's going to say, listen, not only have you believed, not only have you received Christ in the beginning, you have to then continue on and consider everything that was gained, everything that you have, every strength, every ability, every moral high ground that you have, you have to consider it in the light of Christ as rubbish, rubbish, Now, why is that so important and why is that why we're dealing with this today? Very, very simple. I'm so glad you asked that question. Because if the church, if the church does not have an understanding and a grasp of what it means to walk in lordship, and what it means is to consider all that I am that was gained as lost then I will constantly, I I will stand on my moral high ground. I will stand on my own abilities. I will stand on my strengths. I will stand on my money. I will stand on all that I am. And the problem with that is you might have received righteousness here, but you have never grown past that. Because until you see all of those things in the light of Christ as rubbish, you can never receive salvation in those areas. Does that make sense? And not only can you not receive salvation in those areas, meaning I I will not be brought from death unto life in those areas, then what's also going to happen is this. I, as a believer, then lose all that I have to give you think about that. If I'm standing on my moral high ground, then I have the, and by the way, everybody right now has a moral high ground. Everybody. I don't care what mountain, everybody found a mountain to stand on, it seems like, right? You just turn on Facebook. I don't, do you turn on Facebook? You click on it, maybe you do something. You just go anywhere on the socials and somebody's got an opinion that they're just shouting from the mountaintops, Right? I have an opinion, and it is right. Please do not fact check it. Please do not look any deeper than this statement. Just believe it and repeat it, right? That's everybody's position. And I'm talking about people in the church. We all have a moral high ground. We all have, oh, these are my strengths, these are my games. Follow me on this. If I, don't, if, my, if I don't grab a hold of all of those things are rubbish in Christ or rubbish compared to Christ, Then number one, I can't grow, but then I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer Ryan. Because if I'm standing on my moral high ground, and I'm not seeing... I don't have a moral high ground to stand on. I only have Christ to stand on. So any thoughts that I have, anything that is in me that you would consider being good, they're not of my own. My past is wicked. My thoughts are wicked. What is in the heart of man is wicked, but Christ... So I consider all of those things rubbish, but I am being safe from them. And so then I can speak to Ryan and offer him, even if it is from a moral stance. I'm not giving him my moral opinion. I'm giving him what Christ brought me from death unto life. Are you following me on this? No, no, no. Does that make sense? And so where we fail as believers, we fail to grow because we're like, thanks for the salvation and thanks for the mansion, I'll take it from here. We fail to grow ever, even though we're in church for 30 years, because we've never considered our our gains as truly losses for the sake of having Christ. We've never considered that. We've never considered that, because self is still staring us in the face all the time. And not only that, we have failed in delivering the message of the good news of the gospel because the church is just standing up here declaring, you shouldn't do that, and that's wrong, and that's evil, and that's wicked, and that's bad, and that'll kill you, and that'll be this, and that's all. You gotta change that. You gotta change this. Even if all of those moral things are good, but if it's done from a heart of not being saved in Christ, I don't know if you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Gong. We're just a resounding gong. We're just a gong. And in this time frame and in this world that we live in when everybody's got an opinion, and I know you have an opinion and I know you have a stance, but that stance better come from a place that I put this before Christ and if even a thought process, I put it before Christ and I said, Father, if it offends you, if it's wrong, then save me from that death. Save me like you saved me in the beginning and how you're gonna save me in the end. Save me from that wicked thing so that when I present anything, when I present anything to somebody else, that it's always coming from a position of love, that it's always coming from a position that, that this is not me. I'm giving you Christ. I'm not sa- I'm not presenting my victories and my abilities as if, As if, well, you know, I overcame that and you should be able to, right? My goodness, who wants to hear or, I mean, if somebody stands before you and just like, you know, I used to be a drug addict, but I I beat that thing and now I go to church. Okay, but how did you beat it? Give me that part but we just sell what we've beaten as as if it's our victory. Does that make sense? And that's what it's talking about here and that's why I'm I'm making sure that we've got this under lockdown. Listen, we've been preaching lordship for the last 13 years and so this is just another way to talk about lordship but this is why this is such an important thing that if you're not constantly being saved in the present tense, being saved, then you will sound self-righteous, you will sound like a sounding gong, you will not grow, and you will not ever step into the community or step into the, the ministry that Christ has for you, which is the ministry of reconciliation, because you will always be offering yourself and your gains and your victories and your moral stances to those, and it will fall flat. You hear what I just said? And so I am trying to give you something. Why? Just for your sake? No, because I don't know about you, but I remember when we were doing the whole prayer thing and we were all raising our hand and asking God, oh, we're standing in the gap for somebody. The only way to be a useful tool in that process is to be being saved is to be constantly understanding. And anytime I talk to somebody, I'm not talking about them like this. I got saved and you should get saved too. And then you'll have the same heaven that I have. But you can come to them and go, no, you don't understand. I'm coming here to serve you because Jesus came and changed me and found me and he chased me down. And he looked at, and he he broke me from death unto life. And I'm presenting that now, not as my gains, but, but the gains, any gain I have is Christ." Any gain that I've ever gotten, anything that is moral about me that you would say is moral, they ain't mine, man. I got them from Jesus, and he changed me in those things. you see the difference? No, no, no. Do you see the difference? But when we spend all of our time trying to talk people into our moral sphere, what a waste. What a waste. It's like when Jesus said, man, you guys go out and make disciples, and you bring home one, and you make them more a child of hell than they were before, Right? Man, we can't be a church like that. We have to be a church that is committed to not only receiving in the beginning salvation, not even being glorified and being thankful for the hope of resurrection, but being those that are saying, I am being saved. I didn't receive it all. I received righteousness, but there are still things of death in me and I'm still a broken man, but I'm a broken man that has Jesus, and so I can present to you Jesus, not from a position that I have received it and I overcame it, but I can present to you, anything you see in me from the position of a servant and in the form of love, so that I am not a gong in your ears, but that you hear the good news of the gospel. Come on, man. If the church wakes up to this, woo! Woo! There's not enough chairs in this building. There's not enough chairs in the, in the places. That, there's not. There's just not. There's just not. There's just not. Let me pray for us. This help anybody today? This makes sense to anybody today? Huh? Because like I said, I'll start over. All the way back to the wrap. Let me just pray for us. Father God, we as a house, as a community of believers, we sit, we say thank you for the salvation that we received. We say we're thankful that you saved us and loved us and made a way for us that was not based on my works, that was not based on my actions. It wasn't even based on my love for you. In fact, you made a way when I was still your enemy, and so we thank you for that. Father, we thank you. We are a thankful people for where we are to go. We are thankful that there is a hope. We are thankful that heaven is not a fairy tale. We are thankful that, that, that the sweet by and by is not a made-up story to make people feel good, but there is a, an ever-real place in your presence for eternity that we are thankful that we have access to. But, Father, we also commit today. Father, and it's, and I, my, my prayer is that, that repentance falls on us. For myself, for my friends, that we would be repentful in those areas where we have basically said, we'll take it from here where we have stood on our own accomplishments, our own morality, our own message. Father, let us see it all as rubbish so that we can have you and be saved in our present day, not just for ourselves, but for the sake of others. I thank you for it, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Well, stand to your feet, you beautiful people, you. Come on now. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 9400 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.